Hello! Welcome to Free Will, Science, and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with George Ortega, and today we're going to talk about randomness, and perhaps some of the different meanings of randomness, and how this leads to a lot of confusion. People get confused between the randomness of a causality, which people try to claim exists, and there's randomness as in unintentional, or randomness as simply meaning that something's unpredictable, but we can talk about each of these things and what the implications are when talking about each kind of randomness. So, um, George, we often in this podcast, we talk about how even randomness doesn't give us any free will um, because if we, if something was uncaused, that sense of random, then we're not the cause of it, so it can't be willed by us. And similarly, if something was random, meaning it's unpredictable, then why can't we predict it? And if we can't predict it, we can know that we're not the one causing it either. <laughs> right, but let's go beyond that, Chandler, because basically, yes, fine. You know, a lot of people accept that both causality and randomness ref refute free will, but, you know, for example, I was leading a, a, a meetup group in Manhattan earlier today. And because people believe, actually believe there's such a thing as true randomness, they're not able to appreciate causality. They're not able to appreciate how impossible free will is. And, and again, even like, you know, this podcast is about truth, about, you know, trying to explain the nature of reality as it really is. And so this, this myth, this illusion of randomness is, I don't think it's as harmful as the free will illusion, but I think it's something that our world needs to overcome. Um, basically, people are saying that things happen without a cause. That's an absurd contention. Yes, it is absurd. And I would say that part of the problem is that it keeps people from questioning why things happen. Because if you just assume that something happens for no reason, well, then there's no reason to study it. There's no reason to use any scientific method, no reason to experiment, no reason to ask questions. Right. But, I mean, you know, more fundamental, fine, because, like, we can relate it to the free will thing and the practicality. But this is more a matter of basic fundamental knowledge. You know, some people assert that things are quote-unquote random in the strong sense of being uncaused. That assertion is completely without evidence. It's, it's incoherent. I mean, like, it's, it's, I mean, like, incoherent in the sense, like, for example, you could, like, a pig flying with, with wings is coherent, but it's not really coherent in any, like, realistic sense. This, this idea of things happening that are not caused, basically the, the way to understand how such a, um, a prospect cannot be, you know, why it's impossible is like for something to happen without a cause would mean that it, it would have to happen without the universe having existed before it happened. Because with anything that happens, it doesn't matter what it is, anything big, small, you know, the size of, of a galaxy, the size of a, an atom, with anything that happens, the ultimate and fundamental cause of it is always the state of the universe at the preceding moment. So again, like for somebody to posit that something is happening without a cause 
it, it is akin to positing that, that, that the universe didn't exist before it, ha it happened. And that's why it's incoherent. That's why it's such an absurd contention. I agree, George. It's absolutely absurd. And moreover, it conflicts with things that people believe in general. You know, people ask questions about why something happened. People don't just assume things happen for no reason. I mean, sometimes they do because they believe in this randomness, but it doesn't make sense because like what you're saying is if something has no cause, then it means it cannot be it be it has to be independent of everything else that exists. It can't be caused by by gravity, light, heat, whatever the these the physics of the universe it can't be caused by anything um so it would literally have to pop out of nowhere um and this this is where it gets problematic because there can't be evidence of such a thing now even if we were to suppose that there was such a thing as things just um happening things being created or destroyed um, without a cause, there would of course be no evidence of, of such a thing because evidence would be about what caused something. There would, there would have to be some way of finding out why something happened. And if there is no why, then there's no, absolutely no way to investigate it. Chandler, that's an excellent point. I think a, a, a major mistake that people make in this is that they conclude, you know, if we haven't found a cause, there is no cause. I mean, that is so unscientific. That is so irrational. There are so many processes, so many aspects of science that, um, that the causes were not found for them for hundreds of years. And there's still, in science, if you get to any, any kind of like specific um, phenomena in science, you can just basically take it down to a fundamental level where, where, whether it's gravity or electromagnetism or whatever it is, at its most fundamental um, level, we don't know why, why something is happening, why gravity attracts, why you know, electromagnetism acts the way it is, what's causing it to behave, you know. We, we can apply this to pretty much anything we know about the universe. We can go to a level where, where we're going to like have to acknowledge that we don't know what's causing the phenomenon that, that you know, is so apparent. So, so I mean, like, it, it's just very clear that, um, that basically not knowing what, you know, the cause of something is no basis for, for asserting that, uh, that whatever, you know, actually has no cause. Yeah, and aside, aside from the fact that there can be no basis for asserting that there's no cause, it's also not very helpful to us. I mean, just from a practical perspective, I mean, the reason, for example, they perform an autopsy on someone who died um, if, if they, is because if they don't know the cause of death, they want to know what it was in general. You know, it, it, it can make certain differences um, – to, to know because if you if something happens that you don't like you need to know what the cause of it was so that you can prevent it from happening in the future so just for practicality um, you have to identify causes if possible well yes but again well like we're, we're dealing with the um, we're dealing with you know pragmatic practical applications but this is you know 
this is more fundamental. This is really about what is and what what isn't according to logic, according to science, according to to empiricism. You know, um, it's just you know um, we don't need to invoke any kind of like a practical purpose for um, for just their understanding that that you know that everything has to be a cause. I mean, we need to address this at the fundamental level that um, that everything has to be caused because because everything we know is caused. Because, like, again, to posit that something is not caused is to posit that the universe did not exist before, you know, whatever happened, happened. And then and that's, you know, it's, it's a it's a it's a simple point, you know, just like it's simple to, to kind of like explain that that both causality and a causality prohibit free will, or even that just cause and effect, causality prohibits free will. But even though it's a simple point, you know, it, it escapes a lot of people. So we just have to keep going over it and over it until, you know, um, perhaps people are ready to hear it, or, you know, maybe we need to get better and better at explaining it in different ways that, that will resonate, that, that will help people to finally understand. Right. So what you want to do is you want to talk about it more from a truth perspective and just um, talk about this idea as to how so many people, how many people believe it. And is there any basis at all for trying to say that literally something happens without it being caused, without a universe existing for it in order to make it possible to happen? Exactly. Some people will say, for example, that natural selection is random. Evolution is a random process. That is such nonsense. All that, you know, basically we may not know how some of evolution works, how some of natural selection works, but to posit that just because we don't know its mechanism, it must be random. That's, that's, it's not science. It's not science and it's not logic. Well, yeah. I mean, that's like looking at a chess game between two people and if you don't know the rules of chess you'll just you'll just see two people moving a bunch of pieces on a board and call it random that's what you'll do if you don't know how the game of chess works so it's it's simply a matter of us not knowing it's not a matter of things actually happening for no reason right and then the question becomes i mean like this isn't a, a difficult concept you know i mean like you know you have to ask yourself why or how do people believe in randomness? This 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 idea that things happen without a cause. What I mean, like even like you know, you go to the quantum mechanics and the Heisenberg uncertainty principle and Copenhagen interpretation. I mean, they say a lot of nonsense. You know, there they say, for example, that that a particle. Some people, some of them say that a particle doesn't exist until it's measured. That's nonsense. That that people can buy into that stuff is is, is bewildering. It's it's almost as amazing as that you know that people don't understand that that free will is completely impossible. Yeah, or like saying that the particle is in multiple locations at the same time, like Michio Kaku did. Exactly, exactly. I mean, sometimes they're referring to the wave aspect of of a particle that you know, in a certain sense, is is not localized to one specific point. But that's not saying like the particle is, is in more than one um, place at a time. It's saying that the particle occupies, uh, you know, kind of like a, a wider area than a single point, you know, through its wave function, you know. So, but again, you know, like it's, it's 
the good thing, Chandler, about this whole free will topic is that it helps people learn how to think. It helps people learn how to think about the free will issue. It helps people learn how to think about causality. And hopefully it can help people learn how to think about randomness and understand, you know, how, how completely absurd the notion is. Yeah, well, here's an interesting thought, George, is it, yes, I agree with you first that it does teach people how to think. And there's something that I think people fear. I think because people hold on to their free will belief, they like to think of other events that are not them as being random, but they like to think of themselves as being intentional agents who don't do random things. So for them, um, random might be the equivalent of unconscious, something that they can consciously control, but which can't control them. But here's what I think might be their fear. That for them, it would, it would be easier psychologically for them to say that the behavior of some kind of subatomic particles is random or uncaused, rather than to think that maybe those p particles are alive and thinking and doing things intentionally. Which of those two ideas sound better to you? Wait, what are the two ideas? Okay, one idea is the kind that people are commonly promoting, the idea that these particles do things randomly for no reason. Uh, they're uncaused. And the other idea, which you never hear of this, but I just kind of said it, is that these particles are alive and intentionally do things. Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, like, a particle doesn't have to be quote quote unquote alive to do things. I mean, all matter is is governed by the laws of nature. These 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 laws of, of energy and, and the forces that compel um you know um what you call it um particles to to behave. I mean, we don't really have to invoke um animism or or things being alive to just demonstrate that that you know that everything is is governed by by forces, and that's that's actually another way of understanding, you know, why um, why randomness just doesn't make sense. True, because things happen whether consciousness is included or not. But I think for many people, their notion of randomness is tied in with the idea of something happening unintentionally, because they might mean randomness in an unintentional sense, and then they think of other things that are not random as intentional or purposeful by some conscious being. So for example, um, here, here's a common misunderstanding. Uh, a lot of um, theists, for example, they view everything as an intentional, willed, chosen act by God, for example. That's how like a theist worldview looks at things. And that's something by experience of the people I've talked to, everything's intentional with them. Whereas and, and I happen to disagree with the other side, which the majority of atheists, they tend to do this thing like, oh, it's no, it's not intentional. It just happens randomly. They try to say it that way. Um, and I think both of them have something wrong here because I think what they're trying, what, what, you know, scientific, materialist, um, non-theistic type of people, they're trying to get out the message that things can happen w without being intended by a deity. They're trying to get that message out there, which is true. However, um, the problem with that 
is that the way they say it may come across as promoting the idea of a causality. And I think that's where they went wrong. Well, the other part of that, Chandler, is that you don't have to invoke a deity to to explain intentionality. In other words, like our our universe, everything within our universe is governed by the laws of nature. You know, the four fundamental forces and 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 how you know the the, the various laws act on on matter. And you know, basically, we are governed by. And we are we're doing what the universe, for whatever reason, intends. I mean, the 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 laws of nature are intentions. I mean, they're they're basically like you know they intend. For example, gravity intends for forces for for matter to come together. You know, basically, you know, you've got these forces that intend to um, to move whatever they're forcing, whatever they're acting upon. And um, now, of course, like you know. We can't know why they're intending that. We can't know, but 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 obviously, you know, the um, behind a, a law of nature as 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 vast as gravity, you know, you have to concede and and understand that gravity's intention, quote unquote, is to bring matter together. You know, otherwise you'd have to come up with a, a use of an, an intention that is completely anthropomorphic. That's just like just limited to human beings. And that's, you know, that's just, that doesn't seem very scientific. Right. I agree. See, here's the deal is that people, when they when they think of something intentional, when they think of intention or reason or purpose, the problem is that they have a tendency to anthropomorphize it and think of it as some kind of well-thought-out plan or something like that. You know, for example, like, for example, you know, a fire, for example, if it catches on to a building, in time, it's only a matter of time, if it's not put out, it will consume that whole building if it's made out of wood. If it's not fireproof, it will consume every part of it. There, However, um, it, it's kind of interesting. There's different ways of looking at it. One person might say, well, that's what fire does. It consumes fuel and it will spread to all the wood and burn it up. Another person might anthropomorphize the fire and say, well, this fire wants to burn all this stuff. And so it travels intentionally. And so one person is invoking a consciousness of the fire. The other per person might just explain some t scientific reason why fire behaves a certain way. But in, in reality, the house is burning down while these people discuss it. <laughs> right. And the other part of this is just as some people, some scientists even, will say, well, you know, we don't know what's causing something, so it can't have a cause. Then, you know, the, the, um, the equivalent of that related to intentionality is like, well, we don't know what's intending something so we can't be intended. And that naturally we limit this intention, this concept of intention to biological beings like ourselves, forgetting that we have no free will, forgetting that absolutely nothing is up to us and, and nothing we do is because we're quote unquote freely willing to do it. So, you know, you, just as you have to ha ascribe human action to something outside of a human, you have to ascribe intentionality to, to basically, you know, pretty much to, to anything. I mean, like, yeah, basically a lot of times in science, again, a concept is, is defined and understood so narrowly that it really just basically um, misses the point 
of, of the ubiquity of the concept, you know. Um, and so, you know, this is this is why this is important to to, uh, to go into this. Some people will, will say, well, the universe isn't conscious. Well, you know, if universe isn't conscious and we don't have a free will, how do we explain human consciousness? Because it's not our consciousness. You know, if we don't have a free will, it certainly can't be on our on our consciousness. So then to what do we ascribe it to? Well, um, see, here's where it gets interesting, because obviously things can happen. You know, like we say, things can happen without consciousness being required, you know, cause and effect, um, physics or whatever, gravity. Um, but it's well, well, as we know, of course, we are conscious and that we're aware of things we're doing, even though we're not the author of those things, because we don't have a free will and we're caused to do what we do. But this is where it gets freaky because what we're basically saying is that whatever the case may be, we may not have the explanations for why things happen, but there is nonetheless very little difference in when a, a human does something or when a tornado blows something down. They're both a causal process, and just because we don't know the mechanism for why a natural disaster happened, or wh or why um, some you know I, why some big bang happened, or supposedly you know just because we don't know why something happened, it doesn't mean that it's not happening and that we're not aware of it. All right, let let's get let's focus back on randomness because this is like you know um, so randomness. People say that randomness. Sometimes people you know I had somebody um, in my meetup earlier today just say that like. Um, I mean, the guy was actually wrong. He's saying, like, if you flip a coin, you can't predict whether it's going to land heads or tails. Actually, you can. If you had the precise enough, you know, um, machinery, technology, you could predict it exactly. But, um, but the idea, people say that, like, because you can't predict things, because things, you know, we have to rely on probabilities to, to basically predict certain phenomenon, like uh, quantum phenomenon, that somehow... This this lack of predictability just just um, justifies or describes a kind of randomness. It doesn't. I mean, like that. What what people are confusing is like this mechanism. This this actual this mathematical method of predicting that relies on probability equations and all. They're confusing that with the actual behavior. Of, of particles of matter. I mean, matter does not behave probabilistically. It never does, never can. We humans invoke probabilities, mathematical probabilities, to predict the behavior of this this matter that is behaving completely causally, completely um, governed by the law of cause and effect. Well, yeah, it's basically a confusion of what is and what we know. And when and people with this unpredictability nonsense, they're basically saying that it's random because they can't predict it, because they don't know the details of how something happens. Then they just assume, oh, well, there's no reason it happened, therefore there's nothing for me to have to learn. So basically it's um, a willingness to remain ignorant. It's basically laziness in a sense. Chandler, listen, I got to... Um... I just posted this 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 article. I know it's only 23 minutes into it, but people are beginning to respond. Like the iron is hot, dude. I got to respond to this stuff. So let's 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 you know put an end. Let's let's finish this podcast. And you know I'm not sure what we'll talk about tomorrow, but I really got to address this. This is you know 
hopefully this this is another post can, that can go into the thousands of shares and it really is important i should be devoting my you know some attention to this oh okay um so you just want me to kind of um end this episode and then you can get back to that yeah i've really got to do this channel I mean, like again people are beginning to respond and the, the more time that goes without my responding the the less interest people have in it and this is the time where like you know people being interested in the diary is very important so all right. Well, that that sounds good then. I think we've talked uh, we've talked for a good time about randomness anyway. Okay. You've been listening to Free Will Science and Religion with Chandler Klebs and George Ortega, and we were talking about randomness and what nonsense it is to say that things are really happening for no reason. It's more of a problem of ignorance about us not knowing why something happens. But it's a common myth that persists, and so we'll talk about it on this podcast from time to time. So um, I hope you enjoy listening to this, and stay tuned for more future episodes. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.